All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. everybody welcome back to a new week tim of dropping the gloves very exciting how was your weekend my my man it was good it was good good long weekend and uh yeah was it was a lot a long of fun weekend? it felt like it it wasn't though it's just no. two days saturday sunday well good how's your leg doing you walking around no cast bouncing around the bar uh, not quite but yeah i'm able to put weight on it so i'm doing a little bit of walking without the crutches which is good not all day but uh it's progress when's, baby steps when When's the dancing start? <laughs> I don't know. Next I'm, year? My cousin's getting married in a few weeks. I'm not even going to go. You're not going to the wedding, no. period. Why? Well, I don't want to travel yet either. And then even if I go, like I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be. I, normally, I would do one like tearing up the dance floor. You so. or something else. Okay, well, that's too bad. You're obviously not a close cousin with this cousin. Uh, pretty close. She's my age. so Kissing cousins? Just kidding. Don't even... <laughs> It's teasing. Well, that's too bad. Is she upset? How'd you break no, the news she understood. to her? And actually, it's, the cousins aren't invited to the wedding, but she invited me because we found a loophole because I'm friends with her fiance. So like, and I'm going as his going? friend, not as a family member. But you're not going. No, I can't. Well, you can. Well, and I had to commit like three weeks ago and I was just like, I just don't know where I'm going to be on August 1st. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I could come out now, I could probably go. Where's the wedding? In Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, it's beautiful there this time I of love year. Newport. It's beautiful. It's my favorite place on earth. <laughs> Obviously not. You turned down a chance to go there probably in the best weather. August 1st is the yeah. best. Oh, you're making a mistake. I would go. I would go. Want to go? I wasn't invited. I'm not a cousin. That's so true. maybe maybe next time. But anyways, my weekend, not so exciting. Um, still trying to get this roof wrapped up. Stepped on a couple rusty nails, Tim. Very exciting. Your yard's just full of them. Just a landmine of just minefield. That's what it is. Of nails. And so I've been navigating this minefield for days now. And finally, I slipped up. I was carrying the ladder. And I just, it went right through the foot. Like just and Couldn't drop the ladder because it was fully extended. So I'm like, what do I do? finished the like putting the ladder down look down the nail is like a good inch and a half into my foot I'm like oh, son of a guy through your shoe through oh yeah the shoe is like not even a shoe anymore it's just a it's for show really <laughs> it, the sole is so thin but i'm just like come on so i take the nail out whatever it doesn't hurt that much 
going along my way, step on another nail. (laughs) I'm like, come on. This is like 10, 20 minutes later. I'm like, come on. Same thing in the foot. And I stepped on like five nails that Saturday. I was like, what is happening to me? And I finished the day. I got showered up. We're eating dinner with the kids. And I'm like, I wonder if any of those nails, like what happened? So I I couldn't see the bottom of my foot because my flexibility is shot. But I showed my kids and like, dad, you got one here, here and here. I'm like, wow. And so I was going to keep it to myself. But my kids, they like to talk. And they told my wife and she's like, you need to get a tetanus shot. And I'm like, are you, are you sure? Like, is this something that I need to do? And she's like, yeah, you need to get this. And she's, she looked at me. She's like, can you take care of this? And I was like, yes, of course, because she knows I won't. And I'm like, yes, of course, I'll take care of it. Sunday rolls around. I, I already slipped my mind. So she starts Googling tetanus. And so she comes up. She's like, you can die from tetanus. Can you please take care of this? And I was like... Yes. And so she, this morning she texted me the clinic on where to go. <laughs> so I, I already have an appointment. She set up the appointment. Obviously I would have just totally dropped the ball and died. If wow. I, I, who knew tetanus was such a big deal. It is a big deal. And you, you do this all on Saturday, Saturday. So what did you do Friday that you had, to, you earned this kind of karma. You step on five nails on Saturday. Now, who knows? Maybe I was just playing with fire. Cause I've been dodging nails for the last week. Cause I, you know, there's shingles all over my yard. So do you just tell the girls to not go outside this week or what? We have 30 acres. Like, yeah. don't go in the 100 square foot. That is the area where my shingles are. And I, I put down tarps. Like, I wasn't, like, I put down tarps and all the shingles fell on the tarps. But I'm trying to do this roof fast. And so I'm not picking up the shingles. I'm like, I'm turning and burning, baby. I want to get the shingles off the underlay on so the guys can come on. I'm not putting the roof on. I'm demoing it. I like to demo. That's my thing. And I just want to get it done. So I'm not picking up the shingles. Lo and behold, I should have put down brand new sod. Sod's dead. I'm just like, come on. No way. Well, I think it's dead. I haven't picked up the shingles yet, but there's a good. You've been watering it or has it? How do I water under the shingles, Tim? The sod. Yeah, but it's under the shingles right now. Oh. Under the tarp. And it's been hot. And so it's been baking. So I guarantee you it's burnt. Hopefully the roots aren't burnt. I'm going to pick up the shingles tonight. Probably tomorrow. I got to finish the roof tonight, but it's just been a whole thing. Hopefully the tetanus shot doesn't put me down. I'll be fine. We're going to go get it. Here's the thing. I got a lot of work to do. I'm going to push the tetanus shot to tomorrow. No, no. (laughs) Get it today. You can't go home right now without the tetanus shot. I know. I know. So I got to get it done. But anyways, that was my weekend. It was nice. We had a nice little Sunday. um, What day is it today? The 13th or the 12th? 12th. My daughter's birthday today. No. <laughs> Which one? Eleanor. She turns one year old today. Wow. Very exciting. So she, we had her birthday party a couple weeks back when all our relatives were in town. So very exciting. She's turning one. She's a joy. She just easy peasy lemon squeezy. She just still doesn't walk, doesn't crawl, just kind of sits there and just takes it in. Is she your favorite now? <laughs> now. She's always been my favorite. She's so laid back. She's like the easiest kid ever. I scream at every kid in my house except for her daily. She'll have her chance though. No, she is just such a sweetheart. She re- and she's gorgeous. She's like our best looking and best behaved kid. I'm telling you what, she's gonna be. She's gonna be a head turner. She's beautiful. But anyway, she turns one, so she doesn't listen. My, none of my family listens to the show. So happy birthday, Eleanor. <laughs> and she might listen to this one day. You never know. Someday. We'll see. Some Sunday. I can't believe it's been a year already. It's been a year. It's been a year. She's growing up before my eyes, Tim. 
But anyways, what's going on in the hockey world? Enough about me. Enough about you. The season's done. Because of the the COVID, we got a truncated offseason again. Mm-hmm. And why don't you list off what's happening in the next, like, honestly, three weeks? Because a lot of stuff happens before August 1st. And it's not small stuff. This is like franchise-altering decisions that have to be made in a small window, especially if you just won the Stanley Cup again or you just were contending for the Stanley Cup and all your thoughts and efforts were going towards that. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, it's July 17th. I think I should have done something. What's going on, Tim? Right, so shorter off-seasons, everything, all the dates are thrown back a few weeks. So the Saturday, July 17th, this Saturday, 4 p.m., the deadline is for teams to to give out their list of players that are being protected from the expansion draft for Seattle, which is a huge, huge thing. And it's more complicated than people realize, too, because it's not just like protecting your best nine players. It's the right players and the right contracts and those kind of things and knowing, like, okay, I can I can expose this guy and no one's going to take him anyway, right? Well, we're going to dig into this in, a, in another show. I really want to dig into this, but it is strategic, and we saw with Vegas where you can swing deals with the Vegas GM be like, hey, yo – Take this guy, I'll give you a first rounder, and we'll be good. So I think you'll see teams doing that, specifically Tampa Bay, because they are running into a salary cap crunch right now where they are going to be just – if they can pull this off, it's going to be amazing. But if they they need to get rid of Tyler Johnson or Alex Kalorn, they need to get rid of those contracts. So if they can somehow sweeten Seattle into taking Tyler Johnson, who is from the area, he's from Spokane. Okay. So it would be great for him, and it would be maybe great for the team to get you know a two-time Stanley Cup champion, a local guy, come in. It'd be good PR stuff. But if they can sweeten that to get Tyler Johnson to go to Seattle, give him a second rounder, Maybe they can – I don't think they have a first-rounder. Maybe they can swing that. But, yeah, that that's what you'll see happening here, especially with the salary cap being flat. Teams are going to be wheeling and dealing because the salary cap is flat, but you're also adding $81 million into the system with Seattle. So you are getting that leverage from new teams. It's like, okay, if I'm Toronto, if I'm these teams who are up against the cap, I'm like, okay, Seattle, you can take this guy. I'll give you this player. Let's let's make a deal so we can gain some salary cap leverage. All right. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. All right. So that's Saturday the seventeenth, Wednesday, July twenty first. The expansion draft begins. What stands out to me about that is it's a very short window between when then the list comes out and when those guys have to make their decisions. It's four days. It's not a long time. I, I I feel like they've already had conversations. I'm sure. I I would imagine that. Who's the GM for Seattle? Do you know? Is it Ronnie? Ronnie Francis is the president. Who's the GM? I don't even know. I'm not sure. But anyways, the GM for Seattle, I'm sure he has had conversations with every GM in the league and said, listen, what are you thinking? Who are you going to protect? Are you willing to make a deal? Because it's it's a huge, like, honestly, a huge day for Seattle. If, if they can figure out what Vegas did, catch lightning in a bottle again, you're looking at a Stanley Cup contender and right out of the gate like Vegas was. So you can really make this work or you can completely kibosh it and you're just ended you end up with a team that's junk for a decade because you don't do this the right way okay so wednesday the 21st the expansion draft thursday the 22nd is the moratorium on trade and waiver freeze and signing is lifted and then friday the 23rd the first round of the nhl entry draft starts it's it's just a lot of stuff big big week for us next week the draft is going to be interesting because there hasn't been much scouting done i think you'll see a lot more trades this year with the draft picks than in years past because there's just a lot of unknown commodities some leagues like we said didn't even play 
There wasn't a lot of scouting going on in Europe. There wasn't a lot of scouting going on in North America. So there's just a lot of question marks on these players. And if I'm a GM, it's like, hmm, would I rather have my first pick in this year's draft or would I get a, a known player who's a good player? You know what I mean? It's just it's just like a Vladimir Tarasenko. Would I trade my first rounder for Tarasenko? Well, probably not Tarasenko, but maybe another guy like, like a Jack Eichel or a Seth Jones or a player like that who I know is a superstar already. And I don't know the player I'm getting because I haven't seen much of him. Yep. So then Monday of the 26th, final day to submit qualifying offers for RFAs. And then Wednesday of the 28th, free agency starts. The RFA one might be tricky because everyone is going to know money is going to be tight. So uh, it would be great. You, you, don't, you don't see many qualifying offers or offer sheets being submitted. It would be great if someone just offer sheeted a really like high-end RFA. And I don't have a list in front of me, but remember how Dustin Penner got offer sheeted and those guys? It would be great to just put a team to task and be like, you know what? We want your player. Suck it. You better match it or we're taking them. I don't know. I, I think if, if there's a year to do it, it's this year and next year because the cap's flat. Teams are struggling to find money. They're penny-pinching. It would, it would be... If I'm a, a very, very, very ruthless GM, that's what I'm doing. And I have a lot of money to spend. I'm doing that, without a doubt. Have you ever been an RFA? Uh, no. Oh, always a UFA. <laughs> I was too old coming into the league to be an yeah. RFA. So I came in, I was 25, and I signed a two-year deal with the Wild, and that just took me right to UFA. I don't know how it worked, but I was always an unrestricted free agent. So I don't know. And I always signed to him. You always did? Always on July 1st, except for my last year. Yeah, uh, Arizona? Yeah, I was I was wanted. I was a wanted man. My GM, my agent was just getting calls left and right by GMs. It was insane. I was so... It was a hot commodity. Hot commodity. All right. So that, that takes us into free agency, July 28th. What else? You mentioned Eichel. Um, it's gone quiet. The last week or ten days, it was it was picking up a lot. People said he's probably going to be traded before the draft. This is during like the conference finals, maybe. Um, but yeah, not much movement around him other than Elliot Friedman reported that Vegas is actually sniffing around him, which is interesting because they're already against the cap too, and they'd have to move some pieces around to make it work. I've also seen the Bruins rumors have picked up this week. It's not happening. I think it's more the the hometown boy thing. He's not going to any of those teams, Tim. He's, he's going to the Ducks or the Rangers. That's it. And he will get traded. That's that's my. I, I think if any of these big names, obviously Seth Jones, I think is gone. He he has kind of made his bed. He's told them he's not going to resign. Columbus is not going to let him walk like they've done with Panarin, like they've done with Bobrovsky. They want to get something in return for Seth Jones. So I think he'll be traded. I think Jack Eichel is going to be traded, and it's going to be sad for Buffalo. I think the the Anaheim Ducks are going to get him, or the New York Rangers are going to get him. They both have the cap. They both have the prospects. They can make this deal work. If I'm Buffalo, I'm just saying, you you guys are it. Give me your best offer. I'm taking the best offer, and away we go. Uh, ideally, he goes to Anaheim if I'm right. a Buffalo fan so you don't have to face him all the time and see him in the same state and just see him in Times Square with all these famous people surrounding him. It just it would sting. It would sting a little bit. But send him out to California. Let him play out there. It would be a great, great spot for him. Or L.A. A lot of people are saying that, speculating that they It's traded, not going to be L.A. They traded for Arvidsson in order to get another winger for Eichel to play with. It's going to be Anaheim or New York. Okay. Insiders, trust me. I know <laughs> these things. I got people on the inside in Buffalo. So the other big news this week, maybe the biggest news, is uh, Vladimir Tarasenko has reportedly requested a trade. This is reported by Jeremy Rutherford of The Atlantic. <clears throat> he said he's so upset with the team's handling of his shoulder surgeries in 2018 and 19 
his first two years, first two or three such surgeries, which were both performed by Blues physicians, and feels there's no trust left between him and the organization. Which is interesting because it's not too dissimilar from what Eichel's been saying too with his own surgery. These players aren't even in control of their own bodies, it seems like, when it comes to, you know, injury and, and all that. So, um, first of all, thoughts? Well, th- that's a tricky thing. We fought for that in, in, during our lockout in 2013. Yep. And the one of the things we got was we were allowed to get a second opinion because before that, if you got hurt, you would go to the team doctors and you would just have to do whatever they said and there was no you know second opinion there was no second guessing anything and it was just frustrating because you rely on these doctors but at the end of the day their best interest is you being on the ice their best interest isn't necessarily your health and so it's a conflicting kind of stance that the team doctors in and the player is in where you don't trust your team doctor fully but you like them so it's like okay i'm gonna go get my shoulder scan it's like oh you can play you know it hurts pretty bad you can play because the team wants you on the ice and if you get that surgery and it doesn't work out and i don't know i can see where tarasenko is coming from because when were his surgeries 2018 and 19 you shouldn't I don't know. They obviously mishandled the situation. Jack Eichel's unhappy with the, bu- the doctors in Buffalo. I know the doctors in Buffalo. They're good guys. But at the end of the day, these are your superstars. These are the guys that you want to make happy. And if you're not making them happy, like something's wrong. And if I'm Tarasenko, I'm upset. You should not have to have repeat surgeries on shoulders. It's going to end your career. And now here he is. He's 30-some years old. He is a shell of his former self. He hasn't played in years because of all the injuries. No one's going to want to touch him. He's making $8.5 or $7.5 million a year. The actual money owed next year is $9 million. So he is almost to the point where he is untradeable. He doesn't want to be in St. Louis. He's made it well known. What do they do? If I'm St. Louis, the only way to get rid of this guy is to eat half, if not more, of his cap. It's just it's a it's a crummy situation for St. Louis, but they put themselves in it because obviously they didn't handle the situation the right way. So, does he get traded? Probably. Is St. Louis going to have to just eat it all? Yeah, I bet you the team that gets him is going to pick up three to four million of his salary, and the Blues are going to pick up the rest. It's the worst year for Tarasenko to demand a trade. The absolute worst year. Yeah, but you have to trade him because, I mean, there's not much worse for a locker room than a superstar who doesn't want to be there, right? Oh, it's terrible. I, yeah, when I I was in Buffalo, and none of those guys wanted to be there. And it was just, it was bickering. They were chirping the GM, chirping the coach. Like, it was just a toxic situation. It wasn't fun. And once they're gone, it's funny. Once we, like, dealt all our stars, we, 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 we were playing good, and we were having fun. But, yeah, if your main guy, who was Tarasenko, he wants to go, you got to get rid of him. Like, there's no way you can have him hanging around the locker room. It's just a bad vibe for everybody if you know he doesn't want to be there. And it's not like St. Louis is a bad team. They still got Ryan O'Reilly. They got Tory Krug. They got some good pieces. So they could still be competitive. But I don't think they're going to get any return on Tarasenko. Nothing that's going to help him next year. So David Pagnotta from the fourth period tweeted out that uh, a note on the Blues Tarasenko trade talks is my understanding some teams have requested and received his medical record. So obviously that's a huge area of concern. Good that there's some kind of transparency there. It looks like the Blues are at least trying to make this happen. But like you said, they're probably going to have to eat a lot of that contract. If I'm the Edmonton Oilers, I'm calling up the St. Louis Blues right now. If they can eat a substantial amount of his cap, I'm going to Edmonton. I why? 
That it makes so much sense. It's he's a scoring winger. He can help out those two guys. It'd be a it'd be a, such a huge fit on that team. I love it. But again, there's so many other teams who need that kind of help. A guy who can you can lock in for thirty goals, who's just a, a mule on the ice. He's so strong. We mentioned it last episode. He's just like so incredibly strong. I want to talk to David Backus about this on Thursday. But the guy is is huge. I don't know what other teams have you been hearing are in on Vladimir. Tarasenko. There's not many rumors. I just did some speculating on my own. Um, I mean, there's people tweeting about stuff, but nothing substantial. Um, Boston's been in the mix. Detroit, I think, makes a lot of sense. They have the calories that in space to be able to take a risk like that, yeah. especially if they don't have to eat all that contract. Um, and another one has been thrown around is Calgary in exchange or some kind of deal, maybe not one for one for Kachuk, who seems like he's going to be on his way out. Kachuk's not leaving. No way. There's. I will bet you dinner or breakfast, or whatever you want to bet. There's no way they leave Kachuk. They're not trading him. He's too good. He, I, I agree with you, but this, he's, his name's been linked to trades for like a year a now. Not a chance. I think that's just smoke and mirrors. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think Kachuk stays in Calgary. He's the perfect player for that market. I said it before, and I'll say it again. If you trade Matthew Kachuk, you're making a huge mistake. He's only like four or five years into his career, and he's already done so much. He does absolutely everything. He plays the body. He puts the puck in the net. He gets under uh, underneath underneath people's skin. He's just a good hockey player. If you trade him, you're you're a bad GM. We should get him on the show. I don't like him. <laughs> no, we already had Brady. We got the better Kachuk. We don't need the lesser Kachuk. But I don't see him going anywhere. If I'm Tarasenko, I'm trying to go somewhere I can win, obviously. I don't think he has really a choice. There's not many teams who are going to be able to deal for even $4 million of his contract. That's a lot of money. All right, let's move on. Who's who's another guy who's unhappy, Tim? So many unhappy players. Why? Yeah. Why I are these guys so unhappy? I don't know. It's I don't just, know. It's sad. The it pandemic really messes with people's heads, too. It really does. All right, who's not happy? Give so it to me. Seth Jones. And again, like Eichel, like he was a hot commodity rumor maybe two weeks ago, and things have definitely slowed down in the rumor mill. Um, but the biggest thing that happened this past week is that Philly's been trying to pull off a deal, but Jones isn't willing to commit to an extension with them, which you can't really blame him for. And it sounds like he doesn't want to extend with pretty much anyone. I think he wants to be a UFA and hit the open market next year. Uh, first, thoughts? He He's not going to get traded if he's not going to do a long-term deal. No one's going to give up the kind of capital that Columbus is asking if they're not sure they can get Seth Jones for at least four to five years. There's no point in making that trade if you're just going to get a rental for one year. No point whatsoever, especially because you don't know where your team is. If this is a trade deadline and you know you're a Stanley Cup contender, then yes, you throw a first rounder at him. Beginning of the season, you have no idea where you're going to be. You don't you don't trade a first rounder for Seth Jones not knowing you can lock him up. That's just my opinion if I'm a GM, but who knows. But yeah, Philly, I wouldn't go to Philly if I was Seth Jones. That team is a sinking ship, and they're not getting any younger. We're going to mention the guy next who wants out, who was probably their best player last year. Maybe JVR was better, but yeah. Seth Jones, I have no idea where he's going to end up. He's going to have to commit to a team in order to get traded this year. That's that's my sense. So, yeah, let's move on then. Voracek. Jake yeah, Jakub. Jake Voracek has reportedly been told he'll be left unprotected in the expansion draft, and the Flyers will move him elsewhere if not taken. They both decided it's time for a change. How about that conversation? And we had it with JVR about being unprotected. It's 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 got to be such a difficult. Con- hey, Jakob, is it Jake or Jakob? I don't know. I like Jakob. Jakob, we're not going to protect you. He's like, wait a minute. I was a leading scorer the last three years. Yeah, we're 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 going in a different direction. We're we're garbage. I'm your best player. You know, Jakob. 
just here's Seattle. Here's a Seattle real estate pamphlet. You might want to, you know, just poke around a little bit. See, see what you can find. It's really, it's his salary. That's what it is. He makes a ton of money. And you're going to see this happen more and more often the next year, year and a half, or year, two, three years because of the cap. Teams can't afford to keep these guys. They have RFAs coming through. They have to resign. You know, things change. GMs, when they sign these deals, they sign them with the expectation of the salary cap growing 5% every year because that's the way there's a there's a 5% growth factor at the end of every year. The players vote on it, and they always vote yes. Put more money into the system. It's a good thing. That's gone. The salary cap is is flat, and so the GM is expecting to have, well, in three years, we'll have an extra $10 million. We can, we can you know use that. That's not there anymore. So what do we do? We're going to take Jakob Voracek. He makes $8.5 million. Three more for years. Three more years, which is a lot of money for him. And they said, we got we to gotta get rid of him. They, again, much like Tarasenko, Philadelphia will most likely, if they trade them, which I don't think he, they will, they will have to eat some of that cap. I don't think Seattle is going to take that money on. That's you're handcuffing your franchise if you if you take him on for three years at eight point five right away. Yeah, but he's a, he's been more produ- productive than I've realized. He's, he's a like, good player. Over the last three seasons, an eighty two game pace is averaging about sixty five. He's more heavily on the assist than the goals. I get that. He's only thirty one. Doesn't that he seem like he's incredible. been around forever? He's, he's he's three years younger than Brad Marchand. I would have guessed he was thirty five. Yeah. He's wow. He's been. He must have started playing when he was eighteen, right away. Seriously, with, right out of the with game. Columbus, right? That we came up with. Yeah, he did. But eight point five. That's not eight point two five. Excuse me. That's not a small number. No. I, I think he will stay put in Philly, and they'll just. It'll be a, a very stressed relationship between those two guys. Do you think? Uh, it, is this say Francis and the GM, whoever the, the GM in Seattle is? Do you think they're looking at these situations and being like, we're not, we're gonna we're not taking him, but maybe during the season or the trade deadline we can trade for him and force him to eat some of his cap rather than just taking all of it now? Well, this is this is what this is what makes a good GM because the GM of Seattle is probably talking to um, the GM of Philly. I had him in Minnesota. What's his name? It's escaping me. He was my GM in Minnesota. I can't remember his name. But they're probably having conversations like, listen, you need to take Jakob. Get him off of our books. What do we need to do for you to take him? And the Seattle guys, I bet you saying, you got to eat $4 million, you got to give us a first rounder. He's shooting for the stars. And we'll see what happens. But there will be so many little intricate deals like this be- between Seattle and GMs, much like it was in Vegas. But I think people will be more attuned to it this time because I think a lot of GMs didn't know what was happening. And they just kind of just said, oh, well, Vegas is going to take one of our players, whatever. And now there's going to be conversations with every single team. Every team's going to try to get a deal. Every team's going to try to improve their team with the Seattle situation. So Seattle's going to end up next year, not this draft, next draft in 2022 with like seven first-rounders. That And what did Vegas have when they first came out, like four? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I it would not surprise me if Seattle has like honestly seven to ten first-round draft picks. Because they're just going to load up. Teams are going to offer a first-round draft pick. My worst contract, and away we go. And I'm going to have cap to spend, and I'm going to get rid of that contract, and I'm just—it's going to be great. And so I—I'm I, telling you right now, it's going to happen, and it's going to be epic when that draft rolls around. It's going to be like the first pick, Seattle; the fourth pick, Seattle; the eighth pick, Seattle. The, and if they better like go all in on their scouting, because they're going to have a chance to draft a ton of players at first draft. Um, let's move on. So we had a couple other names have been thrown around. Just quick hits here. Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, obviously, he was linked to a couple teams last year. The Bruins, the Canucks. He's been on the way out, it seems like. 
he's one of those players that we talked about before that I don't know, maybe his stats were a little inflated. He's not a 55-point guy like he was a couple of years ago. He's a good maybe 35- to 40-point defenseman who can, you know, log to heavy minutes. He's the captain of his team. I think he makes a lot of sense for the Bruins who need that that top four, top two left-handed defenseman to play with McAvoy. I would love to see, you know, see him go to Boston. What do you think about OEL? Ron Francis is the GM. Nice. Okay, and we, we put that baby to bed. But anyways, OEL... He is another tricky person where he makes a ton of money, Tim. Like he makes t- he makes a lot of money. And what team is going to want to take on a guy? And here this is coming from a place of love because I love OEL. He I, I consider him a friend. I play with him in Arizona. He's a fantastic fantastic player. But when you look at his stats and you look at the fact that he makes the same amount as Jakob, 8.25 and it's for another like 5 years. So that's a lot of money to pay a player who is best behind is it's behind him, you know? So I, I if the Bruins take on his contract, it's a mistake. As a Bruins fan, because he wanted to go to the Vancouver Canucks and the Boston Bruins. Obviously, the Canucks aren't going to work. They are up against the cap. The Bruins, they are up against it as well. They could maybe make move some things. No, they have a lot of space. Do they? They have like thirty million in space, oh. but they only have like sixteen players under contract. You got, that's what I mean. You have yeah. to sign pieces. Would you, as a Bruins fan, as a Bruin insider, you and Pete Blackburn, Bruins gurus, would you make this move to sign OEL for his whole contract? Because that's what it's going to take. I think if if you're the Bruins, you give the Arizona Coyotes a seventh rounder, and you get OEL and all of his contract. Do you make that move? Probably not. No. Now looking at like eight point two five for the next six seasons. No. It's it's a, just, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of baggage. It's the it's the kind of thing that you know in, in a year or two fans will be clamoring to get rid of him and you won't be able to. It just it's not worth it. But no. you're getting an elite defenseman who can put the puck in the net, who can move the puck, who can you know get the rush started. He can be the guy for we that professional. You have it, McCoy. McAvoy. McAvoy. But it doesn't hurt to have another one. To no, run the it power doesn't. Play. He's, he's a great player. The only thing in handcuffing him is his contract. You see that like up and down now in hockey. We, we talk about it every, every time. Jakub Voracek, another guy. Vladimir Tarasenko. All these guys that we're going to talk about, they're all very good players. It's their contract that is keeping them back. The next defenseman, Duncan Keith. So <clears throat> the strange circumstance happened where they agreed and Chicago's going to do the right thing and move on from Duncan Keith. They're going to be really great. And just grant him, you know, the opportunity to go go somewhere else, which is BS. It's completely BS. They don't want his contract. He doesn't make a t- like his contract is. You you could stomach it if you're a team. He makes five and a half. He's got two more years on his deal. That is a contract. If I'm a team that's contending, I can stomach that contract. So, I. I see him being a good fit in Edmonton. I know the Oilers have been sniffing around Duncan Keith trying to make it work. The only thing that is is kind of holding this trade up from it being a done deal, as far as I've heard, Chicago doesn't want to eat any of Duncan Keith's cap. So that's going to be a sticking point where teams, like we've talked about, we beat it to death already. If you're not going to eat any cap, you're not going to get any capital back for Duncan Keith because no team is going to take him with his $5.5 million salary for you're not going to get anything in return. So it's going to be an OEL thing where it's like, okay, you take Duncan and all his money, we're going to give you nothing. 
Absolutely nothing. You, In fact, you give us another prospect because this is an albatross. Not an albatross. It's a big contract that obviously you don't want. We're taking it off your hands for two years. You're going to give us him and maybe a borderline prospect. That's what, that's what I see this going if, if it does work with Edmonton, which I think it should because he would be great in Edmonton. That's, that's exactly what I've heard is that Edmonton's basically given them like take it or leave it terms. Like, hey, yeah. this, this is what we'll do. If not, we're moving on. That's it. I would love to see him in Edmonton. Uh, me too. I, I think he would he would fit there. I like Edmonton's defense. He would fit right in with Darnell Nurse. What, what do you do with Tyson Berry? Do you re-sign him? Maybe he's a replacement for Tyson Berry. Who knows? What? Speaking of, we never talked about this on the show. He's the first ever NHL defenseman to lead defenseman in points and get zero Norris votes. Is that right? That never happened before. This is this is from like a month ago, but we never talked about it. No kidding. Yes. I wonder why he didn't get any votes. Not one. Did Darnover Nurse get votes? Oh, I don't know. I don't he must have. Him. Yeah. The Edmonton bias is strong. People. Well, you know what it is? It's the optics. No one thinks Tyson Berry is good anymore. No one thinks he does anything. He had a fantastic year. He led defenseman in points. He had a fantastic year. No one talked about it because everyone. He's not sexy. Everyone when they think of Edmonton, they think of McDavid. They think of uh, Dreinsaitl, and it's like, oh, he's just getting secondary assists. It's like, no. You know, there's a reason McDavid had such a breakout year, and it was because Tyson Berry helped him. Not the, the lone reason, but you need that defenseman to get up in the rush, start to rush, give him the puck where he needs it. Tyson Berry's a good defenseman. I like him. Didn't like him in Toronto. Liked him in Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who else, Tim? Who else is unhappy? You know what? There's been rumors of Milan Lucic being bought out and coming back to Boston. Who that would be the worst thing for the Bruins. No, no, no. I would like that. They've, they're getting pushed around. The Chicago Blackhawks tried that for years. We're going to bring back the old guard. It's going to be great. We're going to bring back Brian Campbell and Patrick Sharp. Yeah, and, and they won three Saad. cups with those guys. But after the fact that they won them, like we're going to bring them all back and we're going to rally the troops and it's going to be great. We're going to do it all the way. Andrew Shaw. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yes, it, it you're talking about the team that's won the most franchise or Stanley Cups over the last 10 years. The Blackhawks. Yes. They didn't win them when they brought those guys back. They won them initially. And then after the fact, after like a four or five year break, they brought them all back thinking they were going to catch fire again and win another cup with all these guys. It's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Once you break up with somebody, you have to break up. You always think about the best times. When you, and that's a fact. <laughs> Here we go. If, if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you break up with them, you always think about how great it was. You're like, gosh, you know, she was so great. Like, she was just this. Uh, that was great. And then you just start romanticizing. And then all of a sudden you text. And all of a sudden you call and you meet up. And you're like, gosh, she was terrible. What was I thinking? Why am I doing this? And it just, it's, it's the same thing with hockey players. Like, oh, wow. Milan Lucic was an absolute beast for the Bruins. Like, he won them that Stanley Cup. He was dominant. He's not the same Lucic that he was 10 years ago. He's, I, he's he's not the same at all. I know that. I want him back for like an, 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 a minimum contract or about a million, similar to Jumbo did. Fourth line role, like Wayne Simmons. Drop the gloves when you have to. Checking line. We need a new fourth line. I think he'd be great in that role. I'm not expecting him to log top six minutes to score 20 goals. If, if Milan Lucci's on your fourth line making like a million, million and a half, and he's just messing people up, Bruins fans would just lose their mind. They would lose their mind, and they would lose a lot of hockey Imagine Jack games. Edwards calling those games. I would hate it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, yeah, good for Jack Edwards. I, I, You know, you can't hate him for just being the ultimate homer ever. The biggest homer who's ever called a game. Bigger than the soccer guys. Like, those guys are homers. Jack puts those guys to shame. Did I ever tell you I called a hockey game once? I don't want to hear the story. All right. 
All right, who else do we got? <laughs> so, and so Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. Is that rude? <laughs> it's incredibly rude. No, it's fine. I called a hockey stories. game too, and I don't really want to talk about it. It's hard. It is hard. It's, I was a color commentator. Very difficult to do. But anyway, so we, we mentioned the Tampa Bay Lightning and their salary cap conundrum. We'll kind of end on this. Maybe do a couple questions. I don't know. What are your thoughts? And I've heard this idea floated. Steven Stamkos makes 8.5. He signed for a few more years. What are your thoughts? They have to sign Braden Point next year of them potentially dealing Steven Stamkos. He has a, he has a complete no-move clause. What is there any chance of them getting off Stamkos? I mean, it's not zero, but I don't think they move on from him. I mean, he's their captain. He's been their franchise player for a decade. He's finally won his cups now. Like, I, I think they're just figuring this thing out. And I don't think blowing it up is not going to help them win any more cups. Well, it's not blowing it up. It's it's prioritizing Braden Point over Steven Stamkos. Because you're going to have to sign Point. He is going to need 8 to $9 million to re-sign him. He's so good. He's very good. So, I don't know. If I'm the GM there, I'm Breezebois, I am trying to make that happen. Because I would replace Point for Stamkos in a second. You got to remember, too, that they won last year's cup without Stamkos. Exactly. I do remember that. Another player who is a little unhappy, who is getting money thrown at him, is Kirill Kaprizov. So Bill Guerin has been trying to get this this deal done for a long time now. And he's been throwing some big numbers at Kaprizov for a long term. Like, I'm talking $9 million, eight years, $72 million. And Kaprizov, his camp is saying, no, we want less money shorter term just because we want to hit UFA. We want to hit free agency when we're still under 30. Have you ever heard of a player asking for less money and less term and just betting on himself? It's a very ballsy thing to do. Wasn't a year ago he playing like in the KHL at 25 and now he's turning down $72 million? He's played 55 games. He's played 55 NHL games and he's getting all this money thrown at him. He reminds me of the Fernando Tatis in San Diego who just signed like a $350 million deal he's because so he's good. a phenom. But Kaprizov is the same type of player. He's so incredibly good. We know what he can do. He did it over in the KHL, which is a lesser NHL. I understand. He did it in the NHL. He's a very good player. And if I'm Billy Garrett, I'm trying to get this deal done. I want it to be a Nathan McKinnon type deal where it's a long term and in five or six years, this is a good deal for our team. But Kaprizov isn't having it. He wants a four-year deal. He wants a five-year deal. And... They're they're at a crossroads, so I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like you're going to have to bow to the player in this point, where you just can't beating your head against the wall, and hopefully that he'll you know maybe do the eight years, unless you throw something silly like ten million dollars at him. But I don't think Minnesota's going to do that. They've made that mistake with Parisi and Suter, so I don't know. It's just something to watch, Tim, because he is the face of that franchise now. It, it, it's nobody else. It's not Spurgeon. It's not anybody else. It's Kirill Kaprizov. He has changed the dynamic of that team. They went from a slow-plotting defensive team into a high-flying offensive team. Team Him and Zuccarello changed Marcus Foligno's game. Yeah, they're, they're an exciting team with him in the lineup. If I'm Billy Garrett, I need to get this done. I need to get it done fast, and I need to get as long of term as I can out of Kirill Kaprizov. What are you looking up to him frantically? But, but even if they don't... If, even if, I mean, they say, so they just meet Kaprizov where he is and sign that smaller deal if that's what it takes to get it done? Well, yeah. If he wants five years, you give him five years and you do your best to woo him in the five years and be like, listen, sign here again. You, you treat him right. You, you do whatever you can to show that you're a team that's going to win. You surround him with good players and you say, Dude, we've done what we can. And if that doesn't work, you trade him. 
Like that's that's the only thing that makes sense. You're not gonna change his mind. He's obviously got a good agent or a good head on his shoulders because it's a good plan from Kaprizov. It's a, it's a smart plan because you want to hit the money spot when you're in your prime. No one wants to sign a 35 year old or a 33 year old or even a 31 year old. But if he's 29 and he's still in his prime and he's just like light lighting it up, the kid's gonna make a ton of money. The salary cap will be raised. It'll be there'll be a ton of money in the system. The teams will be clamoring to get him. If they don't, is he under contract for one more year? I don't know, but I'm sure he is. I'm sure he signed a couple year deal, but he's got to be an RFA. He, I, you're a UFA at a certain point. I guarantee they're making it. So when he's done this contract, he's a UFA. So that's where we stand. A little tidbit from Kirill Kaprizov in the Minnesota Wild, keeping us relevant. I don't know what does he make Tim? He's oh he's in a weird situation right now. He's a free agent. I'm on cat friendly right now, and he's I've never seen this symbol before. It's not an RFA or a UFA. It's one ten point two C. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird. So we see they are ineligible for an offer sheet. Please visit the CBA. Yeah, so another team can't offer sheet them. They're Minnesota's property. They could probably sign them for whatever they want. He's probably like a quotation mark UFA, but only for Minnesota. So they can sign him for one year, one big contract, and then he's a UFA. So. Good for Kirill Kaprizov. Bad for the Minnesota Wild. He's going to garner a lot of money. They still got Zach Parise for four more years. Ugh. Do they buy him out? The buyout window ends in a couple like this week. Do they buy out Zach Parise? I would. Right. What's the? I mean, I don't. I don't know the math though. What's the? What's the hit going to be? Well, they eat. I don't know what the percentage is. Quite a bit of his salary, but man, he makes seven point five for another four years, and he was a healthy scratch for you. Woof. Like just absolutely woof. But anyways, moving on. What else we got, Tim? That's all we have right now. You want to do one more question? What is it? Is it a good one? The questions were fun. I have have a couple questions. All right. We'll we'll try to make this a regular thing. Um, First one, I forget who sent it in because the the tweets went away, but uh, someone asked, which NHL coach thought the least of you as a player? Who Who had the least use for you? The least use, the coach. Um, goodness gracious. I want to say my first, one of my first coaches in Minnesota was something Richards. I had so many coaches. He just didn't want me there. And I could tell. And so he played me at forward, played me at defense and he played me, which was great, but he just didn't. Or in John Tortorella. Yeah. He didn't want me at all. Like he, he <laughs> made that well known. Like I had uh, no use for you, Scotty. I'm like, great. Sounds good. I'll be in the lunchroom. But yeah, probably Torts or uh, gosh, what's his name? Richards. Can't remember what his name. I thought I thought you had uh, what's his name in Minnesota. I did Jacques Lemaire. Yeah, so and he loved you, right? Love. Well, I loved him. I don't know how he feels about me, but he played me quite a bit. But no, the next year, Lemaire left, and we got Richards. I want to say Brad, but I know it's not Brad. That's a player that I played with in New York. One of the better, just around the net. But the best guy who I played with around the net. Andrew Brunette. Mm, the guy strong. was an absolute force around the net. His stick, I'm not kidding you, it would fit an eighth grader. Like it was so short and he would just bend right over and lean on that stick. You could not lift the stick. You could not push him off the puck. And all he would do in practice, he would tip pucks and he would put like 50 pucks around the crease and he would just roof them. And just sit there and roof them. Roof them. And every time the D-men, you know when the D-men work on their shots? Kitty would sit in front of the net. That's what we called him, Kitty. And he would just try to tip him or he would get the rebound and go upstairs. And it would every single day. If you want to work on your game, just do that. Sit in front of the net, get the rebounds. Don't be afraid of a shot coming in. Like we would belt him every like, I would say every 20 the shot, he would get one on the side. 
get one in the stomach, you know, and he wouldn't complain about it. He would just eat it and be like, I'm getting better. And this is when he was like 35 years old with the Chicago Blackhawks. That's what you need to do. That's the work ethic that you need to do to make the NHL for that long. Anyways, I don't know how we got there. It's a good lesson. Yeah, it is. Lots of lessons today. That's a good place to wrap it up, I think. All right. I saw a question on there. You're not even going to go for it. Well, I want to I spread them out. Spread them out. Questions. That's Tim's motto in life. Spread them out. <laughs> I love it. All right, everybody. Well, this was fun. I'm glad you guys joined us. We will see you again on Wednesday for another exciting episode of Chopping the Gloves. What's up? Nothing. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.